Hello, everybody. Welcome to this uh, conversation. I have an amazing guest today. Uh, let's welcome Marina Nabon. He's, she's an amazing embodiment coach and also a holistic sexuality teacher in the VITA program. Um, it's such a pleasure to have a conversation with you today. Thank you for saying yes to this invitation. Mm, thank you, Sasha. I'm really glad to be here and to have this moment so that we can discuss things that really matter for us. So today we wanted to talk uh, about emotional embodiment, how our bodies uh, tell our stories. And that is something that is so important to, to understand as we move through the world. And it's a very important part of our work, how to read the stories that a body tells and where, uh, where is it that these bodies show up in our, in our daily life or just in, our, in the way in which we stand in the world? Yes, um, I think that's um, something that society has not has has not paid enough attention yet, right? The what is it that our bodies carry in terms of our life history, and what is it that our bodies carry in terms of wisdom and healing power? Right? I think the same way that the bodies can trap us, they can also be the, the path for liberation, if that makes sense. Totally, totally, totally. And mm. those are two very important, important issues. And I think that, um, okay, for, for me, when I hear how we hold these stories of how our bodies entrap us or entrap an emotion, I can see that because of the training we have. Mm. But how would you describe that to somebody that has never heard about this terminology before? Mm -hmm. Okay, I would start by talking about what we can call embodiment, right? Mm -hmm. So I call myself an embodiment coach, right? So the invitations that I'm always making to people is connection with their own bodies. And what does that mean? Of course, we're everybody is living in a body in this incarnated experience, right? But uh, for various reasons, and actually because of the way our cultural cultures are set, most people are completely disconnected from what is actually happening in their bodies. Mm -hmm. So embodiment is the invitation to come back and relate to this body in a very intentional way so mm -hmm. that we learn to um, notice, to witness whatever is happening, whatever all the information that the body sends in us over and over again. And we learn to understand that 
this is key for our well-being. This is key for our intuition. This is key for our wisdom. And this is also key for us to be in life in a more empowered state, in a more, um, with a, a, a bigger sense of who we really are, regardless of what others are telling us we should believe we are. So for me, there is a reclamation of authenticity. There is a reclamation of um, our core selves. There is a reclamation of the ontology of our beings. When we reclaim this body, when we come back to this body in a very intentional way, um, so that is, that is, I think that is the starting point of this conversation, right? Yeah. Um, noticing that the mind, even in terms of uh, human, revolu uh, human evolution, the mind, the cognitive mind, the language is the last piece that was developed in our brains right? Mm -hmm. Our instincts, our sensations, and then our feelings, our emotions came before our thoughts, before our language, before um, uh, our capacity to elaborate and create stories about ourselves, right? Yeah. So the invitation here is to bring on board the wholeness of who we are. Mm -hmm. it's not about disconnecting uh, with our thoughts and it's not about that that is really important right but it's about putting together bringing on board and infusing all of that with all the information that comes in our bodies and of course as you mentioned um, the information that our emotions are bringing up all the time. I love that you mentioned the intentionality of living in our bodies, because I think that that is such a key part, the intentionality, the awareness, the presence. And, uh, and also it's interesting to hear that the part that was developed first, that is this, this body, uh, is the part that we have neglected the most, that we focus more on our thoughts, our language, our, our feelings, and then just at the very end on our bodies. And how surprising it is to recognize that the key is usually in that very first place in the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't think that's just an accident. It's not just a coincidence that the body was left behind. This is a, a historical construction, right? If we think about um, modern uh, philosophy, I think, therefore, I exist, mm -hmm. right? I yeah. think, therefore, I exist is an invitation to empower the thought, the rational mind. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I also feel therefore uh, I 
Yeah, is, therefore I exist. I also have sensations and I notice my sensations, therefore I also exist. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, Sasha is like the age of enlightenment. Uh, Christian churches having a major role mm -hmm. in separating us from the body in um, teaching people, teaching a culture that actually sees the body as sinful, right? Oh. That's something that is dirty and that no wonder we're so disconnected from our bodies today yeah. because there is all this process and even this worldview of what is from the body is more... Um, wild and then it's more it's not as developed it's not as smart it's it's almost like second class it's mm -hmm. animal like right yeah. so so yes we are disconnected from these bodies and it's not just because we want it's because we reproduce our culture we reproduce our conditionings right and what and I think that is even very curious that what modern neuroscience uh, is telling us today is like, oh, 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 your body has all the information you need. Your body has so much healing capacity. Your body has um, attuning to this body is so important for you to live a whole life, right? That now some circles, and we know this is not, but now some circles are opening up more to the idea that the body is actually so important in the way that we live our lives. Totally. I think that that is such an important point. How culture uh, divorced us from nature as if existing or being a human being kind of man dominating everything else there is a domination over nature a domination over women a domination over emotions a domination over the physical needs and uh, this idea that mm -hmm. spirituality equals overcoming the body and treating the body as something that you can remove like a piece of clothing I remember being taught that very early uh, in the 90s like oh mm -hmm. you just have to remove eventually your your body will be left behind like uh, like a dress in the closet and you will change to another body and the truth is that how tragic uh, what a tragedy that is how tragic it is to to think of the body as something disposable because that's the very same way that we think about nature, that we, that we conceive the whole world. Instead of seeing that like a whole uh, universe that it's interconnected and that it's constantly depending one on the balance of the other, we are learning to have to dominate. Meditating in this Western uh, or, or in this patriarchal mode means overcoming any thought and overcoming any feeling. And it doesn't matter that you're feeling uh, that your skin is being pierced by pain. You have to 
disconnect from your body and transcend into uh, and as powerful as it sounds it is a tragedy because the body is being left behind and it's being neglected and with it we are we are just repro reproducing the drama of existence uh, and that shows in the microcosmic and in the in the macrocosmic that shows in how we treat ourselves and in how we treat others and in how we treat the planet we have been treating the planet as if it was disposable and we could just change to to mars once we're done with this one we will move to mars now we, we need to take care of this one first and that, that's the same culture so what happens when we come back to the body and we realize that the body has been craving desperately to be seen and heard and tended to hmm. for me the words that that comes to mind is magic magic starts happening yeah. when we really allow ourselves to reconnect right um to uh, to feel all that is to be felt here to notice to be present to accept to love to to gain clarity around what is going on in our inner world i think that's that's the path to magic right and that's the path that for me, that is a spiritual path as opposed to the opposite, as opposed to, oh, I, I need to leave my body so that I can feel, um, so I can know my spirituality, my understanding and my, own, my, my, my whole view of the world is, is exactly the opposite. It's we get to know our through our energy, through our emotions, through our sensations, right? And I think that what happens to a person who, who does the work, because it, it is a lot of work um, to become embodied, right? To, to really do this reverse process of coming back and reclaiming and learning and all of it is that we actually tap into our most divine potential, our most authentic pieces, our most, um, uh, the truth of who we are and what we are meant to be doing here. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's about um, traps of the minds, of the lies, of the conditionings, of uh, so many, so many cultural conditionings that were, um, that we inherited generation after generation, right? It's, it's, it's setting ourselves free of that. That's, that's why I usually say that for me, embodiment is a path. It's not the only one, but it is one path for liberation, liberation of the mind, the body and the spirit. Mm. Um, I think in what you shared, Sasha, uh, around the, this disconnection of the body 
also meaning the disconnection from nature and then bringing a little bit of the patriarchy to the table and the history of humanity, the history of this system um, that that dominates and sees the world from a male lens. Um, And we, we are seeing now how much this is causing harm to everybody. Yes. How much this is causing harm to the planet, to our ecology, and to individuals, yeah. you know. So I also think that embodiment is so important because it will, it does connect us to our um, animal nature because we cannot forget that we are also animals. It doesn't yeah. matter that we can think, that we can create, um, I don't know, Uh, an airplane that is able to fly it doesn't matter we're still animals we still have instincts we 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 still have an animal brain right our reptilian brain that is completely set up to make us function as animals so that we avoid threats so that we know when to run when to fight when to freeze, when to fawn, and so on. So what comes up for me is that the, the, the journey of embodiment is also a journey of reconnection with our wild selves, with our animal selves, that will translate into a deeper reconnection with the planet, with the land, with the soil, with the earth, yes. right? And I think that in itself. Yeah, we froze for a moment. Okay, sorry. That's okay. Uh, I was saying that I think in itself, this is deeply revolutionary. Yes, totally, totally, totally agree. And as I hear you, um, I think of the generations before us. And I think, for example, of people that I know that have focused strongly on overcoming any sensation in their body until they become sick, like really, really sick. Like you you can see that in their body. I'm thinking of people of the age of my mom, for example, her generation that they were hard workers. They were wired to just overcome a lot of obstacles, even when it cost them their health. I I see people that never take a break, never stop, uh, never listen until they feel sick, until their, their bodies break. And you can start seeing how their bodies show that, how they start hunching down, how they start just having difficulty moving and pain and, and, and it just feels like their bodies start screaming and yelling for attention uh, and it shows the story of years and years of neglect and we, we are speaking about a gently approach but in reality this has been a desperate need for such a long time, for so many people. It's just that they didn't know that they were even capable of getting in touch with their body. Just that, that mere notion 
sounds totally radical, like you just said, revolutionary, because the idea that they could listen instead of taming the body, instead of uh, of forcing their own bodies into doing, receiving, having sex, forcing their bodies into sex, forcing their bodies into labor, into doing things, into working hard, into uh, working without rest until the, the day is over, even if they need to take a seat and take a breath, they just keep pushing. And if they don't, they think that they are weak, that they just need to keep going, that they should just have some vitamins, that they should just like, this keep pushing mentality that at the end of the day breaks people. And, and that, that's one thing that I really want to discuss, how it shows in the body, like literally shows in the body, how when you are a skilled coach, you can notice and read a person's corporality, how they are standing, how they are, how their bodies are formed. Uh, I, I used to have this amazing teacher that would read people, like, okay, when people have a bigger, uh, an open chest, when they have a hunched uh, back, when they have uh, a thin body, when they have, uh, you know, like a skinny, skinny body, like all, all of these things, a little belly, how all of these parts are usually resonating with an emotional wound. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think... Um... I want to go back to a piece of what you were saying, because I think that that is such an important discussion as well. You were talking about people pushing themselves to work harder, no rest, nothing, right? And how the bodies start calling for help, right? And then feeling pain, developing disease, and so on. There is no way we can have this discussion, for me at least, without bringing up the theme of capitalism, yeah. of the means of productivity mm -hmm. these days, right? And this, when I say these days, I'm talking about hundreds of years of <laughs> capitalistic uh, domination, but... Uh, yeah, so it, it doesn't matter if a person is working 12 hours a day on a land, in a piece of land, in a farm, doing very heavy manual work, or if the, the person is working in front of a computer for the same 12 hours with no break. Mm -hmm. Both situations are very are extremely violent to our bodies, right? And, and both will bring, um, um, will have results, will have outcomes in our bodies, right? I, I, I used to tell my clients, most of my clients are, are many hours a day. And I and I, I I tell them, and they usually say, "Oh, I, I don't feel my body. I'm feeling numb." I have so many clients who look for my work because they want to feel more sexual pleasure. They want to reconnect with their libidos, their desires, and so on. Right? Just like you. Um, so, and what I say is that 
of course you're not feeling your body. Of course you're numb. There is a process here that happened that forced your very wise body to turn off some of your sensations so that you could keep functioning and you wouldn't feel the things that are happening. So if you have to sit down in a desk, in a closed office, no nature around, nothing, air conditioning all day long, and you stay there for 15 hours sometimes, your system, your nervous system will say, ooh, this is not ideal. This is too much computer, blah, blah, blah. Too little uh, contact with nature, with the soil, with the land. And then the nervous system will play tricks to adapt, yeah. right? So one trick that the nervous system plays is making us numb so that we don't feel. If I need to sit on this chair for 15 days, every day for years, maybe I shouldn't be feeling my pelvis anymore. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling my sacrum anymore or my spine because it's too painful to feel it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we start numbing out. We start losing that connection. And I think it's the same for a person who's been working too hard. That person uh, in a land doing uh, manual work, that person's nervous system will look for ways to soften the suffering, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So don't feel it so much. Yeah. But the problem with not feeling so much is that then things accumulate. And when you notice you have developed um, chronic disease, you have developed this huge back pain because of your posture and so on. So for me, Sasha, what I'm trying to get at here is that unless we also reflect and reevaluate this way of living, mm -hmm. the body will keep suffering. Yeah. Because the body is not meant for this way of living the same way nature is not meant for this human presence in the way that we're dealing with nature, right? Yeah. So the way that we consume, the, the way that we use uh, natural resources, this is not a healthy way. The same way it's not healthy the way that we put our bodies into constant stress and overwhelm. Not to say about trauma and the things that actually happen to us and not even going there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'm staying here in the things that we do. And if we, if we don't have this um, acknowledgement that the, this way of living in the West, this way of living um, in developed countries and this way of I need to be pro uh, producing all the time and I need to be consuming all the time, it's producing and consuming all the time, mm -hmm. all the time, all the time. Unless we reevaluate that, it's very hard to really shift 
our perceptions and our relationships with our bodies and with the environment. Does that, did that make sense to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really feel that um, when it comes to life, just as when it comes to the body, uh, it starts speaking slowly and gently. And it just says, hey, move me, right? The, the body just says, I need a little bit of movement. And we ignore it. And it just feels, starts feeling numb until something is bigger comes, a bigger weight and says, I'm telling you to move me. And you just feel it as, you know, like this uh, bigger pain. But you ignore it again. And, uh, and you get used to that until you feel like such an intensity because your body starts screaming for attention. And so uh, I, and I think the same happens with life. I always say that there is a moment in which life just literally throws you against the wall and it says, I'm telling you to listen. And I think the body does that. It's, it, it's just like, I'm telling you, listen. And the same happens in reverse. When we listen, we don't need to go to that to those stages when we listen we can avoid so much pain and so much suffering and I, I just had an amazing experience with a client that um and I'm sharing this because she even shares that in her in her beautiful testimonial and uh where she felt she learned to listen to her body so deeply that she felt when something was deeply wrong and that saved her life. That that just even when the doctors tell, told her that she was uh, wrong, that there was nothing uh, in her perception of danger, that there was nothing wrong with her physically, that she was just exaggerating. She knew that something was wrong. She insisted. She went to two different doctors, and it was then that they were able to to discover something that could have killed her hadn't she hadn't she gone on time so that's what happens when we listen we can avoid the being smashed against the wall experience and we can actually yes. listen on time and that starts with small that starts with a little with listening to a desire with asking the body with creating a, a bridge a communication bridge uh, from the wisdom of our body into our conscious mind. Yes, yes, totally. It starts small, yes. And it starts by listening, yes. Noticing, yes. And then honoring that mm -hmm. desire that, you, <laughs> that your body has, right? So if I'm here sitting with you in my body's like you need to stand up you need to stretch right it's not just saying oh i understand that my body wants to stretch and not doing anything it's like oh i understand that my body needs a stretch and now i will honor that desire and we'll stretch a little bit yeah. right i think that peace when we are working with embodiment uh, is that it's not just about noticing. It's not just about paying attention. It's about what do you do with that information? Mm -hmm. And the more we honor the desires and, and 
And not just the desires, the requests from our bodies, the more trust we build, the more this relationship becomes more intimate and deeper, mm -hmm. right? And then again, the word that comes for me again is magic. And then the magic happens because then we create such an intimate relationship. Yeah. Emotions, impulses, instincts that we can walk in this life with so much more power, yeah. with so much more um, wisdom, really, because yeah. we trust and we know and we build that connection. I, I really like the, the metaphor of a, a bridge that he used. You need to build the bridge, right? And once you do that, it's so beautiful. So many things start happening. Um, and, and it's not that so many things start happening as if we become passive beings and magic happens to us. It's actually the opposite. We become so empowered of who we actually are, so aware of our agency and all of that, that we become the creators, mm -hmm. right? The creators of things, the creators of um, the ways that we want to live life, the ways that we want to express ourselves, the ways like ways that we want our voices to be heard by the doctors when I say there is something wrong here. Yeah. You need to investigate more, mm -hmm. right? So, and then yes, to the extent of a person being able to save her life, right? Exactly. Isn't that magical? <laughs> totally. And then uh, it also happens to release pain and, and suffering that we were amazonating, that we were holding back in, in our body. When we start listening, there is like this, Um, uh, like the water faucet that, that you open and all of a sudden it, uh, after you haven't used it in a long time and you open it and the water comes dirty at first and, and you start listening and it's erratic also you know like, and then it starts just throwing dirty water and after a while the water starts running clean again I feel like that's exactly what happens with, with our body When we open the faucet, it starts going and, and it's dirty and it's messy and it can be scary at first. And then you stay present and you start finding such a beautiful treasure underneath that, that initial scary uh, reaction. Yes, yes. Um, and that, and for me, what you're describing, Sasha, is pretty much the healing process that we can go through once we allow ourselves to live a more embodied life, right? Because yes, the body carries a lot, traumas, um, memories of very sad moments, um, not necessarily only traumatic, um, All of it is in our bodies, right? Yeah. And we, when we do allow ourselves to release some of that from our nervous system, yes, we also 
going to these messy places of like <laughs> cleaning up stuff, stuff coming out all over the place, and also finding a place of coherence and more organization yes. after that, right? So uh, when we walk through that path, it can be messy. It can be difficult at moments. And afterwards, further ahead in that same path, we can find so much more resolution, coherence for the things that we, we need um, resolution and coherence for. Yeah. Yes. That's so important because I have found that people mostly feel afraid of listening. Like what will happen if I listen? What will I find? Will I find something that if I listen, uh, I will discover that I'm angry and that I will let my anger loose or I will discover that I have a lot of grief and I haven't really wanted to touch that grief and I will discover that I feel, you know, uh, sadness or there, there, there is fear about touching those parts. And that's precisely why we need to get in touch in a safe manner with a good container with a safe container because it, it can be messy at first but it's always important yes and i come across my fear my anger my anxiety my whatever my, my, my reply question would be, how much does it cost you not to see those pieces of you? Yeah. Who do you become when you don't allow yourself to be angry? When you don't allow yourself to acknowledge your sadness, your grief, right? We're living in a world pandemic right now. Can we ignore? our losses, can we really put that cost to us yeah. if we did, if we put it under the carpet and pretend it's not there, yeah. right? So I think there's that uh, in, 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 yes, having a, a container with a professional, with someone who can really um, support you there uh, in a safe enough way is essential, yes. And still, sometimes it's going to be painful. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's very hard for people to come across emotions that they're not familiar with. Yeah. It's very hard, yeah. right? And so, yes, yeah, sometimes it's going to be difficult. Yeah. But how much more difficult it is to walk in life and to lead your life ignore how you feel what's going on with yourself yeah right it's like we walk around with missing pieces of us yeah. as if we were uh, an incomplete um puzzle, um, puzzle. You know, that doesn't have all the pieces because we don't look at the, those pieces. We don't acknowledge those pieces, much less accept, love, and integrate those pieces, right? 
And the invitation for me in the work that I do, and I'm sure it's the same invitation in, in the beautiful work that you do, is for integration so that we can walk as whole all the pieces that we have with all that we are, which is so much richer. Yeah. It's so much more complex. It's so much more colorful. It's so much more layered, yeah. right? Totally. I love that. Integration is the key. It's I think really you're on mute. Oh. No, it's me. It's me. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. There we are. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's totally fine. So I love that you say integration. Integration is key. That is such an important part. And I always like to, to bring that up. Like we are, uh, we are a village of different parts. Of many, many parts. Our psyche is a village of, of people and of parts of ourselves in different moments and in a, of our existence. And they just need to integrate, to work together, to, le to learn how to do the work together. And um, that, that is something that I really would like to invite people to do, to look for the proper uh, support because it's important to, to feel, uh, and support can be, uh, eventually uh, a book, it can be a coach, it can be uh, a process, a group process, but, but to look for support, we don't need to do this alone. We can get the support of people that have walked through this path before. And sometimes it's just by reading a book or, or sharing material. And sometimes it means embarking in a, in a coaching journey, but, but allowing ourselves to be held during this process. Uh, because it's it's difficult learning to listen to the voice of our bodies it's difficult yet it is the most beautiful journey that we can embark ourselves in yes yes and also Sasha we heal in presence yeah we are we're human beings, we were made, we're social beings, right? We're made for community. We were made for relationships. Yes. As much as so many people want to believe the opposite, it's not. We were made to be socials, social beings. So healing, developing ourselves, uh, improving parts of us, integrating pieces of us, this all needs witnessing. Yes. This all needs holding. This all needs presence, right? And yes, it could be professional presence, but sometimes it's your family. It's your children who can also witness you mm -hmm. and be a loving presence, right? But for me, um, there is this... Uh, this deep calling that I have within myself to remind people that we heal in partnership, in presence, in relationship to others, whether that's your coach, your therapist, your teacher, your neighbor, your partner, it doesn't really matter, but it matters that we have others with us. 
And I can't emphasize that enough. Totally. I agree with that fully, fully. That's so important. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. And where can people find you and find your work? Mm, thank you. It's so good to be here. So uh, I have a website, marinanabon.com. I think you can write that down on the podcast yeah. description, right? Yes. And also Instagram. I'm, I'm on Instagram as marinanabon. Um, and I post some, sometimes I post there. I, yes. And on my, web, on my website, people can subscribe to my newsletter. I send an email once a month, not a lot. Mm -hmm. And because I'm also reviewing my relationship. So I'm very much taking care of the pace that makes sense to me and to the work that I do. And yes, um, I offer online one-on-one embodiment coaching sessions um, mm -hmm. for people who really want to take this journey of connecting with the body, learning to be present, to relate with intention, to gently heal traumas, overwhelm and stress so that we can be fully integrated and lead us into thriving, right? Whatever that means to you. I don't have a model of thriving as well. So we can co-create that together. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I will leave the links below so that people can find them. And it's beautiful to see you. And thank you for joining. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>